Hello, Canada, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Common Sense. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony. Well, hello, Canada. Today's date is March 21, 2020. It's Tony here in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. It's bright sunshine, not a cloud in the sky. It's going to be 13 or 14 degrees today, and there is nobody on the roads. You know, and that's, uh, I mean, that's fantastic. That's that's beautiful spring weather. Um, nobody on the roads. That's something I've noticed the all of week that I've been working because I'm still working through all of this and I drive for a living and it's almost apocalyptic that it's, it's like, how, how do I even describe it? It's almost like every day is a stat day because there's just, there's just nobody out on the roads. There's no such thing as rush hour right now. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's fantastic in that it doesn't take very long to get anywhere, but it's not fantastic because this is uh, the economy in shambles. Um, um, absolutely, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not that there's nobody on the road. It's just, it's, you're right. It feels like a stat holiday every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And my, has the world changed since our last show on Monday, just five days ago, basically, six days ago. Right. You know, I was thinking with everything that goes on, I mean, daily there's, you know, different announcements, new changes, and it's, we almost could do a show every day right now with, with everything that's going on. It's just, uh, the, it, the world is changing. It really is. I yeah. mean, I hate to, it sounds hyperbolic to say that, but that's really what's happening. No, it absolutely is. And, uh, you know, I, I could easily do a show every day as well. Uh, the only problem is, is that I'm kind of preoccupied trying to save my business. It's um, the, I, I went from, on Monday, when we last had a show, my business has gone from being uh, booked until the end of August to right now being booked until the third week of May. And, oh my. and I am trying to save what's left. And it's, it's scary. It's very, very scary, especially considering that the federal government is offering all kinds of support to my employees, um, but they're not offering me any kind of support that is meaningful. No, and I know I've, I've been hearing some of that. There was to talk when the relief package was announced, and now that more details have rolled out, they've discussed that they would help small businesses to the tune of about ten percent on uh, on on payroll. Is that what the what they were they were talking about? Yeah, but the thing up to a maximum of twenty five thousand dollars per employer, not not per employee, per employer. Oh, so in other words, that's just a drop in the bucket. That's a, a, a token gesture to make people who don't have a business feel like that they're doing something for business. Yeah, but it's like ten uh, percent of of payroll. Well, what that doesn't help me if I don't have a payroll, right? Because my my uh because if if my cus if my customers cancel their jobs then i don't have any employees i will have to lay them off because if i continue to pay them even with a 10 percent uh uh 
helper from the government, um, my company will be bankrupt in less than a month. Right. So it's 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 kind of a meaningless uh, offer of help. It, it, I mean, not even kind of. It is absolutely meaningless. The tax deferments for small business is absolutely meaningless because instead of businesses having to pay their taxes now, they can pay them in August. Well, big deal. If, if, they, if this continues, I still won't have any money in August to pay them. Right. And, and the other thing that they're offering is low interest government loans. Well, by low interest, they mean 5%. And uh, all that does is put my business further in debt and adds a new creditor to my books. And that creditor takes precedence because they're the federal government. They take precedence over my suppliers. They take precedence over my credit cards. They take precedent over my line of credit. They take precedence over everybody. And if you don't pay them, they have the force of the, uh, the police to force you to pay. And if you don't, you are going to jail. So they, the, it, what they're proposing is absolutely nothing for small business. See, and we've had this talk on the show before that, that small business employs 90% of Canadians who have jobs. So you'd want to think that they could step up a little more. Like I, uh, I'm, I mean, nobody's ever accused me of being a socialist, but I don't see why the government couldn't back, you know, like a, a zero interest loan or a 1% loan or something to be administered by bank of your choice and make it something that, that, that can actually be paid back, you know, at some kind of reasonable rate of return, not, not well, being rate, I mean, not rate of return as an interest. I mean, but like make reasonable terms to repay, I should say. Yeah. Yes. And no. Um, I, you know, I am, I'm anything but a socialist, uh, but this is a, this is a situation by the government's own making and it should not be up to me to finance a situation that I didn't cause. Um, and it's, and, and, and I mean, there's, it's a, di there's a difference between a natural recession, right? Like a recession that happens naturally in the economy because that happens. It happens every you know, six to 10 years. Right. Now I can prepare for that. And I do, I do prepare for that, but I could not prepare for this because the government is the one, uh, shutting the economy down basically. And it's, it's not, and a loan, like I said, and it doesn't matter. It could be a 0% loan. If it, even if I had to take out like, like a, a loan with the government to get through all this, I mean, who knows how long this is going to last? Um, I might not be able to pay myself for the next year or two to pay that loan back. And at, right. that, point, at, the, and at that point, it's like, what's the point? True. Then you had him joining the insolvency line. Now, here's where exactly. I ha have a problem with, and I'm not suggesting that you're talking government bailout, 
But if the word bailout comes on, and I'm sure you can already predict where I'm going with this, when Air Canada, Bombardier, you name the the, the large company who doesn't really deserve it, gets handed you know, 200 million of our tax dollars because we need them to stay afloat. And then we have, you know, every leg to stand on to say, well, then you know what? Lewis Incorporated needs $35,000 to stay afloat or whatever. And why shouldn't we open the gates for everybody? Cause there's no, it's not fair for you as a small business person to be subsidizing Air Canada with the taxes that you pay. Right? No, exactly. And, and but now here's the thing: like I'm not asking for a bailout. No, and and nor should anybody. But it just I I already can sort of see the headlines coming already that oh yeah. because Air Canada is hurting, we can't let them fail. Well, yeah. we can't let anybody fail if that's the case. Because like I say, but, everybody need, deserves the an opportunity to get through what the government has put us through. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing: okay, like there is. I'm more of a libertarian and I know you are too. Um, But there's no such thing as a libertarian in a crisis like this, because in a situation like this, you can't, people cannot survive without government assistance at this point. And, and because, I mean, we talked about it. 48% of Canadians are less than $200 away from insolvency. So how like, we, we like they're already saying that in the US they will have a 20% contraction in the US economy in a matter of 2 weeks um and that is going to be the same in Canada 20% that is the worst economic hit in the history of uh in the history of the U S or Canada. And I, I would argue that hit would be even more than 20%. I mean, well, no, look I'm around and ask yourself who's working. Next, yeah, but it's in the, that's what they're talking about in a matter of two weeks. It's going to contract by 20%. Oh, easily. And so then you're going to have, if, if they go to an all out uh, shutdown the way they did in Italy, 50% of people are going to uh, lose their jobs overnight um at least but those are but the but those 50 percent will likely not have a job to go back to when this is all lifted so we are in a situation where drastic measures need to be taken um i i had mentioned to you uh just a couple days ago um and you you went oh my god you sound like a socialist but uh my (laughs) My idea, and I think I think it's one that has to be explored because there is no way anybody, Canadians, Americans, Japanese, whoever is affected by this, there is nobody that is going to be able to dig themselves out of the debt and the and the hole that this is going to put everybody in. So my thought is what if the central banks forgive their loans to the uh, institutional banks, right? Like the CIBCs, the RBCs, uh, the Bank of Montreal's of the world. And because, I mean, let's be honest, that money is fake. It's, it's just printed money, right? Like it's, there's no, 
there's no backing to it. It's not backed by gold or anything like that. It's just money that gets printed and they loan it. Yeah. Um, what if they forgive those loans to those banks and those banks uh, forgive uh, uh, home mortgages? Well, my, uh, my, my communist comrade, to, uh, to, to whom do, do the mortgages get forgiven? Like, do we forgive everybody's mortgages? Like, well, is, there a me- is there means testing or is there, like, I guess, I guess who decides what mortgages we're going to forgive? Well, the way I look at it is uh, if you have, yeah, obviously you have to means test it, right? Um, it's because you're not going to give, uh, uh, somebody who's actually going to make money during this recession by buying up, uh, buying stuff up real cheap. Right. Um, because they have the, the ability to do that. You're not going to forgive a mortgage for somebody who, who's actually, you know, cleaning house in this situation. Um, (laughs) Good pun. You, <laughs> you're not going to, um, you know, so, I mean, like you've got to means test it, obviously. And if that means that, you know, they, they determine that, you know, Joe Blow gets uh, a 50% reduction in their, in their mortgage or another person just has their mortgage entirely paid off, whatever. I mean, I'm just saying something. I'm not even saying that this is the right thing to do. I'm just saying that that's a, that's a thought. I, I mean, we've got to come up with some ideas, like, and we got to think outside the box. Well, without a doubt, that is outside the box. And um, full disclosure for our audience, when Lewis suggested that to me the other day, I actually was tempted to ask him to loosen up his tinfoil hat a little bit. But um, we're going to have a segment later in the show where he'll be asking me the same thing. So we're so we're get we'll get even. But I guess <laughs> what worries me in this is that means testing has to be done. It's got to be some effective means testing. What my concern is, and you alluded to this already, is Joe Blow slumlord suddenly decides, oh, well, now if, you know, because of the recession, I can now buy up four houses, and but I'm helping the economy by having places to rent. And yeah. I worry that Mr. Slumlord will get, get some mortgages written down and, God, I don't want to say he would deserve, you know, not deserve that, but... Well, maybe like you say, make it... Profit from a recession... Part. Yeah, well, maybe if you make it for uh, primary residents only. Um, yeah, yeah, that's one way. It's it's just something has to be done, and it's going to have to be something that's never been done before. Just because what we're doing, uh, because I mean, this is this is a government caused situation, right? Right. I mean, whether wh- whether you want to blame the virus or not, it's the 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 reactions. I don't. Yeah. The reactions to this are caused by the government. Exactly. And and they're the ones that are closing the businesses and all of that. I mean, if you look at past pandemics, what did we do? We isolated the most vulnerable and the rest of us kept working and kept the economy moving. Which is exactly how we should have done it this time. Exactly. But we're not because the government won't let us. That's why I'm saying this should not be up to business owners to finance the, the the government's got to come up with a way to solve this problem because it's a problem of their making and it's so that's why i'm saying there's got to be some kind of an outside the box uh idea that does not cost businesses 
and business owners their livelihood, which will eventually cause their employees their livelihood. And uh, because, you know, you start seeing businesses going bankrupt, you're going to start seeing suicides. Oh, yeah. So you can't know there. Now, finally, there is, was, is where I agree with you 100 percent that there, that this is completely caused by our government because governments have overreacted and shut down society. And you're right. Absolutely right. That this cost for this should not must not be borne by the business community. But I have such a problem looking to government to solve anything because government never solves anything. They, they're, I remember Mr. Morneau in the, the financial statement he released, what was that, but in Wednesday, whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, everything has been a whirlwind this week. And when he was in the part of the $82-85 billion he had thrown out was that there could be a six-month forgiveness of mortgage payments. And as soon as that came out, I'm sure you heard the people think the exact same way. Oh, I don't have to pay my mortgage for six months. Yes, you do. You just get to have a six-month holiday from interest, but you still need to pay that amount at the end of no, that six months. Actually, you're wrong. You don't get a six-month holiday from the interest. Oh, no? I called my bank. Okay. And, you st- and the, the interest continues to accrue. Oh, well, isn't that nice? So you, uh, oh, so, oh, right, because you you get the principal forgiven, quote you, unquote, but you pay the interest you, every month. Well, the the principal will just get moved to the back of your mortgage. Okay. The interest will continue to get paid, or sorry, continue to be to can continue to accrue, and when you start making your payments again, nothing will be going to the principal. It will just be going to pay off the interest that accrued during the six months you didn't pay it. Oh, so the really this, this six month holiday is no help at all. It's well, a help. I shouldn't it's, say, it's, I guess it's, it's a help because you're not making the yeah, payments right away. But. It's, yeah, it's, it is a help, but it is not saving you any money and will cost you more in the long run because right. your interest continues to accrue. So, okay, well I learned something. This is, okay. Yeah. So this is actually going to cost people more in the long run, but it will help them get through what we're going through at the moment. Right. It's, it's, it's a lousy, it's a lousy uh, aid package. Um, I mean, it, it, some of it is good. Some of it is definitely good. Like allowing employees to get onto EI without a waiting period. Uh, without, if, they, if they don't qualify that they will qualify. Um, I mean, that stuff's all good. It is all good, but the help for small business is a joke. It's not a help at all. In fact, it's it's a it's a, a, a bigger problem than it is a help. The um, and the uh, the mortgage holiday, which is not a holiday, uh, is it's a help, but it's not. It's a help that hurts. Um, and then there's uh, you know, uh, luckily, like my like my business had to buy a brand new truck last year. I'm a lot. I have I have called to find out if I need to. Can I uh, defer a payment? They said yes, so that's not a problem. Um, but it's yeah, it, it's all I see is debt going up for everybody, and forty eight percent of Canadians are two hundred dollars or less away from insolvency already. It's it, they can't survive a month on EI if they were working a job. No, that's right. 
And, so, and what I know what they've done here, I don't know if uh, they've done the same in British Columbia because you also have public utilities there. Um, here, the public utilities have decided to give a similar holiday for people to defer their payments again for six months for their energy and their, you know, their water, their power, whatnot. And property you know, taxes. Right. And services will not be cut off, you know, if they were even in arrears. But still, yeah. at the end of that six months, now you've got, what, a seven, $8,000 utility bill you've got to start catching up on. So these relief measures, like you say, yeah, they're great in the short term, but you still have to pay the piper in the end. So how does government, in this case, who owns these utilities, fix the problem instead of just putting a Band-Aid over top of a, of a, of a gaping wound? And here's the biggest problem is that at the end of the six months of not paying your utilities, not paying your car payments, not paying your mortgage payments, now you've got an incredibly huge debt load that you're never going to pay off. Right. And I think that, uh, unfortunately, we know how people are and they're going to look at this as, oh, great, I don't have to make any payments. And yeah. instead of looking at the end of that six months and when they have to catch everything up, because 90% of us aren't thinking about the end of those six months. So no, I guess no, what exactly. is government going to do at that time? Well, that's the thing. That's where I said, this is, this is got, the solution is gotta have, is gotta be an out of the box solution because nothing is going to solve this problem uh, except a good economy. And and we can't have a good economy because the government won't let us. And it's the problem is, is that, yes, I understand that this is a highly contagious uh, virus, highly contagious. It's it, it, that's that's the shocking part of it is how contagious this is. Uh, even Italy says, though, a hundred. Well, what was it? They said 99 percent of the people who died in Italy and they have the highest death toll in the world, if you believe what China says. Which I don't. And, and Italy even says 99% of the of the deaths are elderly or elderly with a uh, pre-existing condition or people with a pre-existing condition. Exactly. Nobody else is dying from this. Nobody. So let's isolate the people that are uh, the the in the demographic that is most affected by it, which are the elderly, which are the people with respiratory issues, people who smoke a pack a day, um, people with asthma, people with um, you know uh, uh, cystic fibrosis. Um, those people isolate them, like not just isolate them, quarantine them, and. Let the rest of us continue to keep this economy rolling because that's what we did with other pandemics and it worked. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And see, that's the problem in that's uh, the problem we have society wide. Well, especially in Canada, I mean, we've been conditioned over the last 40 years to look to the government to solve all of our problems. And I'm actually, you know, listeners, you really need to flag this particular segment of the show because I actually find myself who's really anti-government intervention in anything starting to agree with you, Lewis, that the government has to do 
something to fix this mess that it's created. And I, I can't even believe I'm saying that right now. We well, need government to help us. We do, because this is a problem too big for a corporation to fix or whatever, right? Like this is a problem that is a worldwide problem now where the entire world could go bankrupt this year. So how is, so, so the only thing that I can see is if the entire world can go bankrupt, then what's the problem with just forgiving all that? I mean, I'm not saying that's the way to go. I'm just saying, think about that. Yeah, I mean, I guess because, I mean, the libertarian media says you took on the debt, you pay the debt. But, I mean, good God, you're actually starting to get in my head on this whole thing now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, because, yeah, I mean, you're right. The government has has created this mess, and I, I don't trust government to fix it, but yeah. – I don't know what I mean, kind of government regulation is going to I mean, help the, the private well, sector fix this. Well, one one thing we could say you don't because you you say well what if we what if they announce this and then everybody goes out and takes on all kinds of debt um, because they know it'll be forgiven, right? Well, let's make it for you know the debt that people had as of February first, right? All yeah, that debt, all that debt gets forgiven so that any new debt that is taken on trying to sit trying to save your business trying to save your home trying to keep your family fed that you can afford to take that debt on or you can you can afford to pay for that if you're not having to pay other debt like i said i don't know what the answer is i just know it has to be something big and it has to be something out of the box and unfortunately it has to be a uh, concerted effort by all the governments uh, uh, of the first world, basically. Um, but the but the thing that I'm concerned about, and here's where my tinfoil hat goes on, <laughs> is okay. What if the governments all decide let's just institute socialism that'll solve everything? You know what? And that's I hate to say it. I mean the uh... Either have I have the same tinfoil hat as you, or I think you, that your tinfoil hat might not be as tight as you think, because that's actually starting to concern me. And I'll actually use that to segue into something else you and I were talking about, in that there's a lot of people right now that are heading to the gun stores and buying ammo, because there's a lot of talk about the Canadian government instituting what is no longer even a law in Canada, the War Measures Act. And I'll let you take off on that one. Yeah. Okay. We talked about this on Monday night um, when we had our last show, and that is that the War Measures Act is it was repealed in 1988. Uh, you cannot institute something that doesn't exist on the Canadian law books. Right. Um, so I, I just want everybody who keeps saying institute the war, the War Measures Act to just shut up because you can't. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Stop it. Enough. Yep. The we they had to repeal that because uh, Trudeau Senior used it to declare martial law in Quebec, nineteen seventy. Yeah, and so Mulroney uh, repealed it, 
because you had to. I mean, it was totally, I mean, yes, what was going on in Quebec at the time was crazy and nuts and everything, but martial law, no. Even crazier. No, we're, yeah. not, we're, not, we're not in some third world dictatorship. You can't do that. Now, the, what replaced the War Measures Act is the Emergencies Act, and it gives the government uh, uh, a lot more powers, temporary powers. Um, but here's the thing. I'm really not sure, and, I, and we need a constitutional lawyer to give an opinion on this, and maybe I'll try contacting one. Um, but the Emergencies Act must abide by the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Correct. It must. It, by law, it has to. Um, now, does that mean that they can quarantine everyone in their homes forcefully? I don't know. Um, because if you're not infected, I don't know that they can actually quarantine you forcefully. Um, so that's something I don't know. And maybe I, maybe, maybe you or I should try contacting a constitutional lawyer to give their opinion on that. Um, but yeah, it's the, the emergencies act is, is there for exactly what it says. It's for emergencies such as this or a massive natural disaster. Um, but it, you, I don't believe you can declare martial law. You cannot, uh, and, and like I said, it has to abide by the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. So I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But if they declare the Emergencies Act, I mean, that's when I think they'll do what they did in Italy and just shut everybody in their homes. I, I think that's the only time the only reason you would actually use the emergencies act would be to pull off that big of an operation. Right. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, just so everybody out there knows that has not happened and governments have asked us to stay home, but they have not, they're not at this point forcing us to stay home where you can still go out and do our shopping. We can still go out and, you know, buy gas for our vehicles for example so we're not being forced to stay at home I mean I'm I'm still employed I'm still working and I'll you know with my job I'll be considered an essential service because so many people are staying at home yeah. so I mean this has not happened yet everybody just so we know we're all clear on that but what scares me is that I mean we've railed on this show so often about the lack of leadership in this country and what worries me is that with a quorum of only 20 MPs, Mr. Trudeau and his cabinet can invoke the Emergencies Act and you know, effectively take over governing without having to go back to the pesky House of Commons and ask for permission. And that was right in an article on the, uh, from the Toronto Star that I'm taking that, by the way. So that's not just my tinfoil hat talking. Yeah, but I mean, when if the airlines aren't flying, then... I mean, what, how do you get MPs back to Ottawa anyway? Well, exactly. Uh, so you recall, you know, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal area MPs who can all drive to to Ottawa and yeah. get it done. Yeah, exactly. But now, I I also want to make clear to people that declaring a state of emergency is not invoking the Emergencies Act either. Um, Good that, distinction. That declaring a state of emergency, which the city of Calgary did, and they didn't even have a single death. Um, 
and they only and I think they had like 40 cases or something when they did that. Uh, cities are declaring state of emergencies. Provinces are declaring state of emergencies, even though they didn't have any deaths at the time. Like us. Um, yeah the the reason they're doing it, and there's only one reason, and it's money. They as soon as they declare a state of emergency, they are now entitled to extra emergency funding from Ottawa. So that is the only reason they're declaring states of emergency is so that they get more money. Uh, don't think that it means that we're about to head into World War Z. Yeah, that's a good distinction, actually. It's good that you that you point that out because, yeah, I mean, provincial states of emergency so far uh, include Saskatchewan, Alberta, Ontario, British Columbia. I don't know if there have been any recently. That, 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 this is just as of two days ago. So, yeah, as far, so, yeah I'm not sure that they've been more been declared since. Yeah, and despite everything that I said about the uh, aid package for small businesses and everything, I finally, and, and I agree with... Uh, um, Don Martin, the CTV reporter, who wrote an article saying, we're watching Justin Trudeau grow up right in front of our eyes. And it's, and it's true because he has acted like a child. He has acted like uh, an, an immature, uh, completely inept prime minister for the last four and a half years. He'd been a buffoon, and, yeah. And in the last two weeks... He has actually grown into a man and is doing a reasonable job in, in leading this country at the moment. His decisions might not be perfect. They might, I might not agree with them. I might not like the aid package very much, but at least he's acting like an adult. And he's, uh, he's actually um, leading for once. And, uh, I, and, and I, I know everybody, all my friends, when I posted that on Facebook, accused me of, uh, of the apocalypse being, uh, real because I'm saying that I'm quite happy with how Trudeau's acting, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but it's true. I am quite happy with the way he's acting, not necessarily his decisions, but his act, the way he is acting, I am quite happy with for the first time since he was elected. Yeah, and actually, I, uh, God damn, I uh, will have to take your side on this one as well. Like, I, I mean, we've never shied away from giving him credit when he's deserved it before on yeah. this show. But, I mean, there just hasn't been very many occasions for us to do it. But even at the start of this pandemic, I actually was, for the most part, on board with how he has been handling it. And... I've got to say, and I was going to save this for a rant, but I'll just bring this up now. That uh, because we know he obviously listens to our show, when I complained about Roxham Road being open just a couple of days ago, Mr. Trudeau has now decided that Roxham Road is now closed to illegal immigrants, and so the the border being closed is actually closed. So uh, I can't help but but agree with you. He actually is finally doing his job, and as much as I hate to be jumping up and down that he's actually doing his job. I mean, Don Martin's right. He finally is growing up and I'm, I will never say he is or was a good prime minister, but he's finally becoming a prime minister. Yeah. If that exactly. makes sense. It does. It makes complete sense. And I, and, and you and I are in agreement on this. Um, 
and and the, here's the here's the crazy part. Okay, Roxham Road should have been closed three and a half years ago when it started. Exactly. Um, so the fact that he finally closed it now is a good thing. It just took way, 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 way too long. Uh, yeah. And and honestly, I mean, he waited to close that after how many hundreds of people have crossed and they were not being screened for coronavirus. Um, 1,068 the, in January alone. Jesus, I didn't realize the numbers were still that high. Yep. Oh, how are we accepting asylum seekers from the United States? Exactly. I mean, that, see, that, and that's what ticked me off so much. And I think I referenced that in my rant, too, that uh, Mr. Trudeau had said at that time, oh, we're following international law. No, you're not, you idiot, because international law would state when they land at JFK or LaGuardia that they need to declare or seek asylum in the United States. And the United States is a safe th- third country, so they're not fleeing persecution when they're in the United States. And that's what just kept driving me so and bloody insane. And you can hear I'm getting mad now about it. Yeah. No, <laughs> but, um, and that's something I don't understand is because the United States is a friendly first world country that as soon as you land there, you are obligated to declare uh, or uh, apply for asylum if that's what you are coming to North America to do. If you right. wanted to, if you want to uh, seek asylum in Canada, then you fly to Canada. You don't fly to the U.S. and then illegally cross the border into Canada like the U.N. Uh, tells you to do because I don't know if you've seen it, but the U.N. on their website actually show you how to get into Canada illegally to declare asylum. You know, I saw Brian Lilly actually had had put a post up about that and so i i haven't read through the whole article but when i saw that i just it just made me shake my head and just think like quit sucking up to the un so much that that now that they're actually the un's making a mockery of our country like it's yeah uh, so i mean i'm glad that mr trudeau finally had the cojones to to close that that loophole yeah well not even a loophole but i hope it stays closed i I hope so too I just hope that he doesn't go and open it back up after this is all over. Yeah. Um, and uh, now, unfortunately, I have to run here pretty quick um, in just a few minutes. So was there anything else we wanted to talk about before we let everyone go? I think we were going to talk about some of the hypocrisy behind some green initiatives. Uh, we could we oh, probably squeeze that in yeah. a couple of minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's something that I've been, <laughs> I think I texted you that a couple of days ago where I said, you did. oh man. You know, the first thing out the door are the green initiatives. Like, you can't use reusable bags. You can't use reusable cups. You can't uh, return bottles right now or cans. You can't, um, you can't, like, using public transit is only going to make uh, the transmission of this virus worse. Um, And, oh, and get this, BC... Uh, transit is offering free ridership to everybody. Yeah, Saskatoon Transit, the same thing. And who's going to take them up on that? Nobody. Well, they're trying to quarantine everybody right, or isolate <laughs> everybody right now. And then they're saying, hey, come and get on a bus with 50 <laughs> strangers for free. Yep. And uh, yeah, social distance out the window because you got to sit by somebody. Or stand shoulder to shoulder with somebody. So 
but their but their ridership has gone almost to zero so they're offering it for free and it's like um you kind of see the the problem with this like there's a total uh, uh disconnect in the messages from the government here uh, well yeah some ride our public transit for free um oh and stay away from everybody that's right isolate yourself but let's jump on a bus with like you say 50 strangers shoulder to shoulder i get yeah. i mean and it's just i thought that was kind of well amusing to me because it's not that i hate the environment but i hate environmentalists and they've got to be just having exploding heads right now because all this stuff oh. they believed in like the reusable mugs and the the transit and all this green 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 is now completely up in smoke could you imagine what it would be like if this was a country that had already banned uh, grocery bags or had already banned uh, single-use cups or had uh, mandated, you know, I mean, what about high-density housing? Like... They, they, the environmentalists and cities and everything want everybody to live in high density housing in downtowns in the downtown cores of cities. Well, where do you think this virus is spreading? It's spreading in the downtown cores of cities. Yep. I mean, all these green initiatives will eventually be the death of the human race at this rate, right? No, exactly. And uh, and what's what's sad and what. You know, worries me is that they'll just double down. Like I think the 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 Green Party and people who support those type of movements will will just double down and say, "Well, we should have been doing this before, and then we wouldn't have this problem." It's like, well, no, actually, what you want us to do exacerbates the problem. Yes, and oh, and I have seen um, high-profile environmentalists say things that absolutely blow my mind uh, in the last few days. And I think I talked about something similar on Monday, on Monday's show where I said that I saw people talking about like uh, celebrities or whatever, talking about how they're not celebrities, sorry, uh, environmentalists talking about on their Twitters and Facebook pages saying that, you know, that this is going to result in less people and, and yay. Right. Oh yeah. You had made a reference to that. Yeah. Well, scum. now now I've seen some posts where they're saying uh, one post in particular saying, oh, uh, the canals in Venice are clear again. The uh, the uh, dolphins are coming back to um, uh, like inlets and and bays and stuff like that, that where they had left. Whales are coming back and all this kind of stuff. And then they go, you know. You know, while everybody's quarantining, the earth is healing itself. Maybe we can continue this after this is all done. And I'm like, you're just advocating for the extinction of the human race. Oh, they, they are. And when the, what's funny thing is, and I may, maybe you said this on Monday too, is not a single one of them volunteers to be the first one to go. No, exactly. Because they all <laughs> think they're more important that, yeah. they, that, that the world needs them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'm all for environmental uh, initiatives and I'm all for uh, uh, making the world a greener and, and healthier place. Oh, but, yeah. But uh, some things just make situations worse. Um, 
like when we have a pandemic, uh, you know, like, and you can't hope that every half the population is going to die so that, you know, the fish come back. I mean, this is, it's kind of uh, sociopathic to say stuff like that. Really, it is, yeah. And, um, okay, and we've got, have you got another minute or two, or do you have to go right now? Uh, I got to go real quick here. Okay, yeah. well, you know what? I'll, I'll save this for a rant for later then, because I do, I do have one more thing to go on, but I can just rant on that. So okay. maybe, Sounds good. maybe we'll wrap, wrap that up now so that, uh, and we actually still got a full show, and look at that, right, right at the 45 minute mark. So <laughs> we did, right on. Okay, well, take care of yourself, stay virus free, and, um, and uh, practice social distancing, the new buzzword. Yeah, that's right. And um, all things I agree with, Canada, take care of yourselves out there. And we'll be back on Monday because I know we'll have more to talk about Monday. So yeah. uh, until then, have a great weekend. It's uh, Tony out here in Saskatchewan. And Lewis in BC. Right. So long, Canada. Tony.